As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We're here in Atlanta in a hotel room that looks like any other, if I turned the camera around, you might see Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but you also might see a reflection back into the same And a crane and a thin layer of smog. Is that <laughs> smog or clouds? I, I believe that's smog. This we're, is a big city with a lot of traffic. We're not in Shanghai, but Atlanta does have its share of pollution, I guess. Tons of traffic. Yes. Seth Emerson, yes. our Georgia beat writer, he lives in Athens where there's not much traffic and every once in a while has to drive the... 60 or so miles over here and uh, experience big city living. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking Georgia. We're talking Ohio State. Cameron Teague, our Ohio State beat writer from The Athletic, is going to be on later today. This is our Peach Bowl preview extravaganza. Seth and I were just talking about Stetson Bennett because it, we just did interviews with Georgia players. It was the Georgia offense today and the Ohio State defense. And Stetson Bennett, if you haven't heard him interviewed – Go seek out some clips. He's very interesting. He's more introspective than most athletes you hear interviewed. And he had this, just something incredible that I, I feel like I need to stitch it into a pillow or, or something. It was uh, something I didn't learn until my 30s. And to hear him say it the way he said it, I was like, that is so obvious. Mm-hmm. But it took me most of my life to figure it out. And we were talking about goals and and what you have to do once you've reached one and how do you how do you repeat and that sort of thing and and I asked him when you hit win a national title when you reach a goal that you've been chasing do you just figure out hey life goes on after that and he talked about how he was sitting in a math class 2 weeks after winning a national title and it dawned on him he's like oh crap which is the, the exact yeah. words he used this doesn't change anything mm-hmm. i still have to live the rest of my life and I still have to get better every day and all. And he said, thank God I learned that now mm-hmm. and not after working a job for 40 years. And he, he said, you know, I, he was trying to imagine if he worked a job for 40 years and the goal was always retirement and they're going to move to the right. beach or whatever it is. And then you get there and you're 63 years old and you're like, oh, wait, no, that's not it. Mm-hmm. it. It doesn't end. It just it it all just keeps going. Such a valuable lesson in life. And it was it was like to hear him encapsulated in 30 seconds, like, 
Dude, that took me 30, probably 35 years to figure I'm out. I'm not sure I've figured that out myself, but it, it ties into this Georgia football program as a whole. Yeah. Because I, I, having covered this team for a while and I have not been a, you know, Georgia person for 41 years, I grew up elsewhere, but I parachuted in here in 2002. At that point, they were 21 years removed yep. from winning it all. And every year, the pain increased, yeah. especially as you watch Auburn. Auburn win. You know, Tennessee had won in the, in the 90s. Alabama does its thing. LSU. Florida won three. Yeah, Florida especially. And so the pain is increasing, increasing. And then Indianapolis happens. And Georgia finally wins it in January. And it was almost probably a bad comparison to make, but whatever. Uh, you know, the end of Zero Dark Thirty, when the Jessica Chastain character cries in the shuttle because she's she's done it. They got Bin Laden, and now what? Um, I think that's why she's crying, or it, it is a release in general. But you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like, life, it, life goes on. You may, you may have worked toward this whole thing. Exactly. And, and you're talking about the Georgia program in general, which was working toward that national mm-hmm. title for 40 years. Yeah. And got there. And what was the next thing? Well, you're supposed to turn around and do it again. And that, that's a lot of this. You, you're going to be listening to this in podcast form on Thursday. So I'll have a column out about standards and about what, daily life must be like to win a national title because Ohio state's in a, in a unique position here where I I find it weird hearing Ohio state people asking, are we going to have a chance in this game? Like, yeah, you're supposed to be on par with Georgia. Like that's the whole point. And I think that's, that's why the Ryan day situation fascinates me because you know, they just lost to Michigan twice in a row. There's sort of an existential crisis going on. That can be erased by beating mm-hmm. Georgia. Of course, then they'd probably have to play Michigan a, again. A program that hasn't, by God, won the national championship in nine years. Right. Whereas the 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 fast to close that thought and then jump on your thought, it, when Georgia won it and got that monkey off its back, it was almost like, you know, this year, who cares? Mm-hmm. And yet Stetson Bennett comes back mm-hmm. when he didn't have to. And they've they're they're back here. Well, it and turns it's like, out Kirby Smart's been building it the same yes. way his old boss in Tuscaloosa yes. built it, where it's supposed to sustain. Yeah, it's not supposed to cycle up to a great year. It's supposed to be a great year every year. Well, they were the Red Sox of college football, and the Red Sox didn't win it again in 2005, but they won it again in 2007. They yep. won it again in 2013. They won it, it, it. Yeah, they weren't the lovable they losers there. anymore. Yeah. yeah, they got there and they sustained, and that's what Georgia is doing. But when you look at Ohio State. I think, and and I've had Ohio State writers uh, ask me, like, do you think Ohio State has a chance or is Georgia going to roll here? And I'm like, yes, Ohio State has a chance because game recognizes game. Yes. What is Georgia good at? What is there? There's a lot of reasons that they are in this position, but what is the main reason? Recruiting. Who is the one non-SEC program that recruits at Georgia's level? Ohio Close State. to it. And that's why that was the last team that Kirby Smart and company wanted to draw in the playoff. Well, and, and that's what I find so interesting because this game may tell us a lot about how Ryan Day runs his program because I, I spent a lot of the time with the Georgia players asking them what practices are like. And I mm-hmm. asked the Ohio State players some, some similar questions. It was very interesting to me hearing the phrase Bloody Tuesday come out yeah. of Kenny McIntosh's mouth because – the first time I heard that phrase, and it is a pretty common phrase in, in, in football, your Tuesday practices in college are your most physical mm-hmm. or usually are. 
But the first time I heard that phrase used in connection with a, a game week Tuesday practice was when I when Urban Meyer came to Florida and I was covering the Gators. Mm-hmm. And he used that phrase. That's what he mm-hmm. called Tuesdays. And who built this Ohio State program as it's currently constructed? Urban Meyer. But it's not the same. They don't act like that. They don't mm-hmm. play like that anymore. And that's the part. They got to find that. Did they get too dependent on their talent and their speed and athleticism and using their offense to basically outscore everybody? I, I don't even know if it's that. I, I think it's a it's a philosophical thing. And I've, I've been harping on this with regard to Lincoln Riley right. and USC right. for a long time. Well, it seems well, like that is a real actually, endemic problem. Yeah, there. since he's been yeah. in Oklahoma. Whether at Oklahoma or USC, it's the same team. Mm-hmm. The same failures happen for the same reasons. Philosophically, you don't prepare to be hitting at the end of the season, mm-hmm. whereas Alabama and Georgia always do. Mm-hmm. They don't change anything. They keep playing the same way. Like Their week one practice and their week 12 practice, the schedule's the same. Matt Luke told me, uh, the retired Georgia O-line coach, he told me that the proudest moment for him was watching Kirby celebrate after the national championship because of how much they had been criticized after losing to Alabama in the SEC championship, and yet he didn't change. He said, we're still going to be physical, we're still going to be tough, we're still going to harp on the same things, and they went out and that time beat Alabama being the same team. They didn't, yeah. they didn't deviate. From that. Well, and that's what I remember talking to Mario Cristobal about this, who worked with Kirby at Alabama and worked with, with Nick Saban in Alabama. And obviously he's not had the greatest first year at Miami. Yeah. But when he was at Oregon winning Pac-12 titles is, is when we had this conversation. And he said, because I, I, I had just watched one of the practices and I was like, this is, it was a bye week. And I was like, man, you guys are getting after it for a bye week. He's like, and they all have their own vernacular for this. He's like, oh, it's the Tuesday mentality. Mm-hmm. And basically they want every day to feel like Tuesday. And mm-hmm. so you never enc- you, you never encounter something in a game that feels too extreme where, it, where you say, I'm not prepared for this. And you don't have to make a choice. I think the, the people thought that there is a choice between the modern college football mm-hmm. where you're throwing the ball around and you're a pass-first offense right. air raid versus being the tough slobber knocker. Yeah. Alabama was the first team under Saban to show, no, you don't have to make that choice. Like they, they went to yeah. not necessarily air raid, but you know, Lane Kiffin brought them into the 21st Some century. Princi- yeah. The, 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 that principle, different but they were still yeah. tough and they were still physical. And Kirby figured that out. We just got done talking to Todd Munkin. Um, I'm going to, I mean, he was 27 minutes of gold, Jerry gold. <laughs> uh, but he talked about how Kirby on the front end, basically when he was interviewing there. And th- again, this was Kirby smart with the reputation. This, of is, this was Kirby smart. when we were saying you'll never figure it out offensively. Yeah. Post 2019, yeah. they've been run out of the building by Joe Burrow and company and Joe Brady and LSU are going to revolutionize college football and blah, blah, blah. And Kirby Smart, despite being just 43 years old at that point, is a dinosaur. Kirby Smart talks to Todd Munkin. And as Todd was telling us now, he, he said, look, I'm going to, I want to, I want to modernize on offense. I want this offense to be more aggressive and I'm going to let you do that. Um, and Todd Munkin's about to finish his third year at Georgia, having done that. And he's going to presumably go into his fourth year at Georgia doing that. And Kirby Smart realized he did not have to make a choice between modernizing the offense and going more pass happy and giving up bloody Tuesdays and physicality. Well, and, and it's interesting because in the NFL, they don't have that. 
for the they, most part. Because they're during the week they're but they don't need that. Yeah. Because all NFL players are motivated by the fact that they might get cut. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a different and, and they they've done this for so long and they're used to it. In college, it's not like that. You have to hit. You have to be prepared mm-hmm. to hit and and be kind of not desensitized to it. I think Cedric Van Pren, the the, the center, put it very well. Mm-hmm. You build up a ca- you build up calluses essentially, mm-hmm. yeah. and so that you're not surprised. Like Ohio State is when you get in the third quarter against Michigan or the fourth quarter against Michigan, and they're still coming mm-hmm. because that's how Michigan practices, by mm-hmm. the way. And that's what uh, you know. Ohio State it was interesting. Talking to their players, Jack Sawyer, one of their D linemen, said, you know, we were physical against Michigan. We, we mm-hmm. played well. We had some busts in the run game. And then you talk to Cedric Van Pran, who watched the same film and said exactly the same thing. He goes, they were very physical against Michigan. There were some things that got out of hand on a couple of plays. Mm-hmm. But this is, a, this is a physical team. Although I'm not sure we're going to see that. Because that's that's what Ohio State has to prove, and and Ryan Day said they got back to more physical practices when they had the time off and they could heal mm-hmm. their bodies, and maybe that's what they need. Because if they're a little more used to that, mm-hmm. and they are athletically very similar to Georgia's level, that might be the key to a, a good competitive game. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I, I really don't know, honestly, what to expect. I mean, an Ohio State route of Georgia is the last thing I expect. No. But but a close game wouldn't shock me at all, and an Ohio uh, State win Ohio, wouldn't no, shock would me not. at all. Yeah, that's what like I, the Ohio State writers have been asking. To, you know, could Does Ohio State have a chance here, or do you think Georgia's going to win? He's, I'm, I'm, no, Ohio State has a chance because of like talent was what we talked about. But they they have the wide receivers – that I mean, what what have people said in the offseason? What did the Alabama fans say that if they hadn't lost Mechie and Williams, right? You know, and I'm not sure that's true. I'm not endorsing that, but that would have been interesting. Harrison Ibuka and Fleming, right? Pretty damn good. Now, if right. they had Jackson Smith and Jigba, that would help quite right. a bit. But they haven't had him all season. I don't so. know that Ohio State can run the ball. Uh, nobody can run the ball in Georgia. Nobody has right. in the last four years. I'm not sure Ohio State needs to run the ball. They can pass the ball that effectively. I think I was talking about Cameron, uh, talking with Cameron about this, and like I know it's simplistic. This isn't baseball. Field position plays a role, but let's say I think Ohio State offensively over under they can get about twenty four points, twenty four twenty seven points, about four hundred yards, you know, five yards of play. The the question is on the other side of the ball. 
is Georgia's offense going to so overwhelm? Right. Ohio because I, I, the more I look at those matchups, it's, the more I talk with Cameron, it's, it's tough. It, yeah. it plays well into Georgia's hand. Where is, where is Ohio State best? Defensive ends. Where's Georgia's O line best? Tackles. The tackles. Uh, they've they've got those tight ends, but the thing that people aren't talking about, Andy, is as much as and the tight ends are legit, but the tight ends are a storyline because it's different. I, I think Lad McConkey's going to play for Georgia, but even if he didn't, they're getting Ad Mitchell back. Like Todd Munkin said, he's had a good he week. He made a of pretty practice. big catch in the national championship game last year. Yes, didn't he? and he yeah. looked against Oregon to start this year like he was going to be a breakout guy. George Pickens said he's my heir apparent as the you know this great this the, he's the outside receiver. Right, he is the outside receiver. George guy. Pickens, by the way, was never healthy. Right, enough right. to to really um, Mitchell, make a huge impact. Mitchell did play in the SEC championship, but he didn't catch a pass. He did throw a two point conversion pass yeah. to Darnell Washington. So Georgia's getting healthier on the outside, which I think is going to open up the inside. And we don't even talk about the running game and the blocking. And See, that's that's the part where I think Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers make the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Forget the fact that, that Brock Bowers is their leading receiver, that Darnell Washington is actually going to catch more passes in, uh, on his NFL team than he does at Georgia because yeah. Brock Bowers won't be on his team. Yeah, presumably. But one, well, the rest not, of the NFL should, not should pray next year. that they're not. Not in 2023. But, but Darnell Washington is devastating in the run game. Yes. As an extra blocker because like Georgia's offensive linemen were really funny talking about meeting him at the All-American game <laughs> in high school and going you're a tackle, right? And he's like, "No, nah, yeah. I'm a tight end." And, he's, yeah. and then they seem like catching one hand, yeah. one-handed and it's like, yeah. "Wow." And then Bowers for as good of a skill player as he is because he let's be honest, he might be Georgia's best running back if that's what they told him to play. He can block really well too. Yeah, yeah. There and I've seen this out of Georgia over the last few years. Like they've been tight end you for a little bit, and they're recruiting that way, and they're not going to change. By the way, like Darnell Washington, unless you know he he's getting bad advice, is going to turn pro. Um, but they're going to slide in Oscar Delp into his role. They they signed two tight ends already. Yeah, and they're going for a third. Right. Deuce Robinson is a five star. So that's that. But the the to relate it back again to this game. They're not dependent on the tight ends. They've got the outside receivers. They've got slot receivers. Lad McConkey, even if he's you know seventy five percent, that just happens to be what. They're and they've got at. running backs. Yeah. They, you know they they're getting healthier there. Kendall Milton hasn't been healthy much over the last half of the season, but he played in the SEC championship. He can get more carries. They got Kenny McIntosh, Dajon Edwards. They they've got a lot on offense now. I think that gets back to I think your friend Cole Kubulik made a point that he basically said that he thinks Georgia rolls if Stetson doesn't have a like a really bad game. A lot of mistakes. Which, yeah. Uh, which is possible. Yeah. He is a he is still Stetson Bennett gunslinger. Yeah. And and that you that over the last year and a half has been well, what Georgia needed, but the, here's you never the know. game that that I think might be informative here. And this is I, again, I don't want to make it sound like I think Georgia's going to roll over Ohio State cuz I don't. I think I think Ohio State has a chance in this game. But the game that is informative to me is the Tennessee game, yeah. where they were playing Hooker, who's a much better runner than C.J. Mm-hmm. Stroud, a much better improviser than C.J. Mm-hmm. Stroud, and basically said, we're going to keep everything in the pass game in front of us, mm-hmm. and we're going to heat up Hooker Because Georgia had not been a, a huge pressure team to that point. But they really tried to get after him. They, they had the they put Jalen Carter and not just Jalen Carter. J- uh, Nazir Stackhouse could push the pocket up. Yep. They were able. They had blitzes from the outside, and they told their cornerbacks and safeties, 
you're going to be on an island. Yeah. Man, man. And, and make a tackle. And they trusted them. And yeah. that's what Kirby Smart wants to do. Kirby yeah. Smart wants to play man to man when he can. So, which, if, which he, by the way, that goes back to the Rose Bowl against Oklahoma. Yeah. When he was playing zone that first half and Baker Mayfield yeah. picked him apart and he goes, he goes to his corners in the, at halftime and he's like, listen, we're going to put you out there and, you're going to have to make it what I schematically we could go back and forth as to whether Georgia is going to do that again, because they, they zig when they expect them to zag a lot of times. Yeah. They, they change like they may be looking at Ohio state and saying, Ohio state thinks that we're going to do that. So we're going to, we're going to play I, a little I, more. I will zone. say if, if you watch CJ Stroud against teams with anywhere close to comparable talent, you can get pressure on him, and he does not respond well to it. Yes, so they will probably, but they also probably think they can get that pressure without blitzing very much. Right, and they're an odd front team, so you don't have to. If, if you that, bring in the fourth from from different places every play, you don't have to bring five. That Tennessee game, though, in a macro sense, not in an X's and O sense, was such an emotion thing for Georgia. Like there was in Georgia's building, mm-hmm. there was all this hype about Tennessee. And I think they really did play like we're going to show people that. And see, that's you know, where I think Ohio State has an advantage right. here because none of these guys have felt like the underdog since the moment they set foot on campus. Mm-hmm. And now they are. I keep waiting for the complacency to kick in for Georgia. It, it almost did against Missouri. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but this but is not a team they, you're going to be complacent. They against. got up for exactly. They got up for Oregon. They got up for Tennessee. They got up for the LSU and the SEC championship. So much of that was about and to get it back to this existential crisis. We thought that the Georgia program may have of, you know, we finally kicked right. the football. So yeah. what does Charlie Lucy Brown do now? Away, yeah. Um, and yet here they are 13 and know their motivation inwardly for the SEC championship was, well, we didn't win the SEC championship last year we get to do something last year's team didn't do mm-hmm. is, is there just enough complacency that it could bite him in the ass? I, I can say I, ass here's because the th- Todd Munkin said that and the S word over and over <laughs> in his 27 minutes. Here's the thing. Having been around enough Nick Saban teams yeah. and now Kirby smart teams, I don't think complacency is something you worry about with those programs when they're playing somebody good because they they tend to try to measure against themselves, but mm-hmm. it's human nature when you're playing somebody who's supposed to be as good as you mm-hmm. to go, eh, we'll show you. I, isn't that helped by recruiting too? Because we think, we, we look at so much in terms of how we're viewing it from the outside, but on the inside, these players are still competing with the guy behind they're them. They're also competing with some they're, of these guys for draft spots. Right, they're competing. They're, they're like Kenny McIntosh, who we just talked to. He's not complacent probably yeah. because he wants more carries yeah and he wants he wants to do well so that they don't give more carries to kendall well, milton like, and like dijon george's, edwards george's offensive tackles maybe looking at this paris johnson's probably the first tackle off the board in the draft next yeah. year and they're probably sitting there going well let's play better than him yeah and the, so there, there is motivation there jalen carter's probably playing to piss off but also uh, the the, the five know, nfl yeah. offensive linemen at ohio state are probably yeah. like we're going to show the world what we can do against Jalen Carter. I just, I just wonder whether when this is over, and I'm not endorsing that this is going to happen, but that building that you can't see that I'm pointing at, um, this is Georgia's third time in the building. Mm-hmm. They are 13-0. They don't this time in their semifinal game. They're not coming off a loss. To, yeah. they, they have, Stetson got to go to the Heisman ceremony. He finally has respect. Is there – do we on Sunday morning look back and say, eh, Georgia had just – Georgia let its foot off the 
pedal just enough and the most talented team other than them out there made him pay for it. That's what's interesting to me because you've got Ohio State feeling like underdogs, mm-hmm. having a real chip. on. They don't have to manufacture it this time. And then Georgia, but I think that's going to be the motivation for Georgia, is, 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 is these guys are supposed to be as good as us. Mm-hmm. That's why let's, I, let's show everybody what it, it really means. It might have been more dangerous uh, if it was a team like Michigan who doesn't get your attention as much. Now I do think that I think Michigan would have Georgia's attention pretty well right now. Yeah. Well, but, but, but because it's Ohio state that probably gets Georgia's attention and be like, Oh okay. yeah, you're going to come yeah. out in warmups and look at across the field and go, they look like us. Yeah. And Georgia doesn't experience that very often. No, and I don't think they experienced that against Tennessee, for instance. I mean, they're, right. they, their quarterback they, and receivers are really LSU good, but they didn't have the... Of, yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it's it's a it's an instant respect factor, but how much of that, like, did they need that motivation over the course of the last few weeks in practice and, yeah. and everything? I mean, it's it's an interesting thing. I th- I would pick Georgia. I don't I I don't go into this like I did. I, I kind of go into it the way I did the Tennessee game where I expected Georgia to win, but I wouldn't have been surprised with any result. Whereas against Oregon, I fully expected Georgia to win. Against LSU, I fully expected them to win. And that's what makes this game so intriguing Mm -hmm. because on the right day, Ohio State can play with these guys, and that's going to be and it will not be an crazy exce- if it, it will not be an existential crisis for the Georgia program if it loses. It will be for Ohio State, which I guess would be a good way to wrap up this segment to yeah. segue into yeah. And and the when rest. we come back, Cameron Teague talking Buckeyes. Joined now by Cameron Teague, the Athletics Ohio State beat writer, and Cameron got to see Ohio State practice or well stretching in yeah. one period of practice. Riveting stuff, riveting stuff. Hey, listen, they, they keep that stuff locked down they in do. Columbus, they so do. you got to see more than more than usual. But I, this is a really interesting game for the Buckeyes, and, and we talked to defensive players today and Jim Knowles, and, and Jack Sawyer I thought was interesting talking about how pissed off they are about what happened against Michigan, how badly they want to get back on the field. And, yeah. and it actually kind of reminded me of Georgia – going into the playoff last year against Michigan, yeah. having been blown out by Alabama in the SEC right. championship game. Right. Yeah. No, I, they've talked a lot about that. I think Ryan Dave referenced that the day they found out they got in. It was like, this is possible. Georgia did it last year. Um, and even Emeka Ibuka, the receiver, talked mm-hmm. about it a little bit yesterday, saying we don't want to be Georgia. We don't want to try to emulate Georgia. Right. But they, they set the precedent. We know we can do it. Yeah, that. they showed you can turn around after a bad performance. And that's the thing that, that – I guess Ohio State needs to show us. And and I, I guess part of it's a function of the schedule where they rarely play teams that are that are their equal physically. And so when they do play a team that that can play with them and that team beats them, it's like, "Oh god, the world's ending." Yeah, yeah. And you you really want to know was this two bad quarters yeah. or is this who they are? Yeah. No, and that's the thing. It's it's always the team at the end of the year. It's always that game at the end of the year. Yeah. And then you you win or lose if you lose it it's like you have to wait 365 more days to play a team that's your equal again. You yeah. Know? So I, I think you look at it, there's two ways to look at it. I think they did have a really bad half. I thought those big plays just kind of came off some, I mean, Cameron Brown has to make that tackle on a hitch on yes. third down. I mean, um, Latham Ransom has to play a play action a little bit better, but there's still things with personnel that just show that like they are this close away from being blown out again against teams like this or staying in games like that. Well, and, and it was interesting because the, the Ohio State players all talked about the, the big plays on the ground in the second half against Michigan. And the Georgia players mentioned that too and said 
it looked like they were fairly sound mostly. This is Georgia players saying yeah. this. Now, a lot of it maybe just kind of gassing them up. Yeah. But I am curious because watching that game live, it felt to me like if, let's say, Donovan Edwards doesn't go for those two long touchdowns, that that just would wind up being five and six yards of carry down the field until they scored instead of the big long play because it felt like the dam had broken on on Ohio State's defense at that point. But maybe not. Maybe yeah. maybe this maybe this is different. And that's that's the part that I'm I'm fascinated by is can this defense be more physical? Can they be more gap sound? Can they play their you know play their assignments better? Yeah, and that's the thing is just. I thought at that point in the fourth quarter they were just trying to do anything to stop the run, and then people got out of gaps, and it was just it was just blown everywhere. I thought that first half they did a really good job they of stopping did. the run, and then Michigan I feel like kind of warmed down in that yeah. in that third quarter on that really long touchdown drive. Which, by had. the way, Georgia will, will try do to do the same too. thing, and, and when they have three, four running backs they can do it with. Yeah, as as I've been saying on the pod for the last three weeks, Georgia is just supercharged Michigan. Yeah, and that's the the part with Ohio State that you kind of kind of prove it's not a cultural thing. Yeah, and that. That's kind of what where Ryan Day is right yeah. now. I feel like at two straight losses to Michigan, he can erase it all within two weeks, yeah. or by this time Sunday, Amplify it can be a complete yeah. existential crisis. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it hasn't been a good month already for Ohio State. And if you go in and get blown out by Georgia, it's gonna be it's gonna be the longest off season that oh. Ryan Day will have will ever have. Yeah, it's just horrendous, and and you do have to kind of question where you are I, I did a lot of asking of georgia players about what they do during a week i asked ohio state i asked jack sawyer i was yeah. like how how often do you guys do inside drill which is uh, some people call it middle drill it's basically inside seven on you, you have your seven on seven that everybody knows where you, you play it with the quarterback and the receivers there's also inside seven on seven which is a lot less fun to watch yeah Lots of fun to participate yeah. in as a lineman because it is just the offensive line, defensive line, and linebackers, and there's like a quarterback and a running back, yeah. and it's not a quarterback who's expected to throw. Yeah. And you just pound on each other for like 15 minutes. And you know, Jack Sawyer said they, they do that maybe once a week during the season, but it sounds like sometimes not. Georgia does it like every Tuesday and Wednesday, yeah. and that is – that's part of their culture. I was going to say, it's it's why they are who they are. Now, Ohio State tackles is tackling more this year than they did in the past. Yeah. But th- there's a difference between tackling and running that type of drill yeah. over and over and over again. Well, and, and listen, athletically, Ohio State yeah. and Georgia are not that different. I, yeah. I think that's – people may have this, this assumption because Georgia's favored or because of the way Ohio State lost to Michigan that somehow Georgia is – that far physically superior they are not yeah i mean athletically these teams are very similar yeah and i think i was talking to seth the our georgia writer trying to we trying to think ohio state may have the most talented skill position guys of all the semifinal teams oh yeah yeah so they're definitely more talented than any that georgia's seen this year right so so the skill the skill gap that the athletic the the talent gap is not huge in this game yeah I'm, i'm fascinated to see marvin harrison jr against georgia's corners like keely ringo we remember him for the big play in the national championship game where he picks off that pass and returns it for a touchdown. Well, his coaches were telling him to get down, by the way. Uh, but but I, I watched that. I was at the coaches' convention, so I'm I'm in a bar with 300 drunk coaches oh, all God. screaming, get down, get down. <laughs> yeah. But, but Keeley, Keeley is a gambler. It reminds me a little bit of, if you watch the NFL, Trevon Diggs yeah, yeah. for the Cowboys, where you get the big play yeah, but he'll one get way beat. Yeah. and the big play the yeah. other way. Yep. And when you've got to play against... Marvin Harrison Jr., yeah. Emeka Buka, Julian Fleming, yeah. 
Like that can and happen. Any mistake can be a touchdown for yes. these guys because they're so gifted and they're so fast. It's just yeah. so much speed out there. We'll be right back after these words. Let's talk about CJ Stroud because as a thrower of the football, yeah. there might not be a better pure thrower yeah. of the football in the country this year. But I go back to Penn State where there, there were plays where somebody might be coming off the edge and it didn't even look like he saw him. Yeah. And then Michigan where it felt like they got more pressure up the middle because that's where they were the strong, you know, Mozzie right. Smith and, and, and Mikey Morris coming up the middle. This is going to be one of those teams that can push them up the middle. Yeah. CJ's going to have to be very – he's going to have to be the most poised he's been all year. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State has talent off the line, but it's mainly their tackles. Yeah. Paris um, Johnson, probably a, a top 10 pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Dewan Jones, I think, is a guy who could be in the NFL next year. But – CJ sometimes when he gets pressure he will he he falls back more he doesn't kind of move left to right he can't reset his feet sometimes so he's gonna have to be poised and make the right reads against this team because they're gonna get pressure it's gonna get there yeah. later that's what blows my mind about this game you've got a potential first round quarterback and he's not the mobile one yeah. he's not the one that can escape like yeah. I trust if Ohio State gets pressure I have no concern about Stetson Bennett finding his way out of it every once in a while yeah. and, and making a play. I worry about C.J. Stroud finding a way to do that. And I, I agree. I think part of that has been Ryan Day being like, hey, listen, don't scramble as much. If you get hurt, we have no, we can't do anything right. after, the, after you. I think Ryan Day is going to have to take the handcuffs off C.J. and say, yeah. go play your game. Go win us this game. It, it, he has to trust his Heisman finalist type quarterback. We've seen that when he's had to do something. Like when they couldn't run the ball really against Northwestern, you couldn't throw the ball at all right. that day. He ran it well yeah. and, and did some stuff that I remember watching that game and going, oh, yeah. I didn't even know he had that in yeah. his game. Yeah. So that that's the thing. I'd, I I like the idea of just let him rip. Yeah. And and you kind of have to. Yeah. No, I agree. And that's that's that was my biggest critique of the Michigan game. I thought. I mean, I think it was that fourth and five or fourth and three where he decided to go for a fake punt instead mm -hmm. of go for it. Yeah. In my mind, you have all this talent on the offensive side of the ball. Let your offense go get the first down instead of trying yeah. to fake punt. Kirby Smart will tell you calling a fake punt in a key situation like that never goes it well. It just doesn't make sense. don't forget it until yeah. you win a national title. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it's tough. But the Ohio State run game is interesting to me because I obviously know Trey Henderson – but Mayan Williams may be back. Yeah, he wasn't uh, at practice today. At least the media portion. What of you practice. saw, yeah. yeah. But uh, that's that's the other part of this is they're going to have to be able to move the ball on the ground a little bit, yeah. and not it doesn't have to be dominant, but yeah. they have to have a, a some semblance of balance to keep Georgia from selling out to kill CJ Stroud. Yeah, exactly. They can't get behind the stakes. Yeah. I mean, whether penalties or getting a loss of yards on first and ten, like they they have to be able to move the, the Georgia's defense at the front a little bit on the ground. Yeah, and that's that's the part I, I, I'm curious to see. And you know, what, what's the sense in Columbus about this game from just fans, people within the program? How how are they approaching this? I think a lot of it is. I mean, you almost I don't want to say happy to be here because Ohio State expects to be here. Right but after that Michigan loss, I think Ryan Day said it is just a second lease on life. I think that's how the fans feel too. Like you have another chance. This is where you wanted to be. In all honesty. You probably thought this would be the national championship game at the beginning yeah. of the year. So if you want to win national championship, you have to. You were going to go have to go through Georgia sooner or later. So it yeah. might as well be now. It, it's interesting watching the criticism of Ryan Day and then watching the reaction to the criticism of Ryan Day because it feels like most people outside of the Ohio State fan base are like, "What are you talking yeah. about? This guy's yeah. been awesome." But I, I kind of understand having grown up in SEC country, having covered a lot of big SEC programs. 
Like that is how it operates yeah. at that type of place. Yeah. When you recruit the best players, when you expect to win national titles, it's you're kind of playing to your own standard. Yeah. And then it feels like, I guess maybe people don't understand what the standard is at Ohio State. Yeah. It is national titles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then you you add on the fact you haven't won a Big Ten championship in two years. So you lost your rival two years in a row. It's, this isn't. This, this is not about just getting to the college football playoff or just sometimes win a Big Ten championship. This is about doing it every single year. Yeah, and that's what that's the part I think is so interesting about this because they can't just be happy to be here because you're Ohio State. You're supposed, supposed to, be to be able here. to play yeah. with Georgia. Yeah, like you're supposed to be able to play with Alabama. Yeah, you're supposed to be able to play with USC or whoever it is that yeah. is supposed to be the the team to beat. And that's that's where they they just have not been able to do that lately. And I, I think back to before you were on the beat when they went to the Fiesta Bowl and played Clemson and Ryan Day's first year. That yeah. defense was nasty. nasty. That, yeah, that was. team was loaded. Yeah. And they lost to Clemson in that game. That was a great Clemson team, too. I think if it had been any other year except for the one with the Joe Burrow LSU yeah. team, yeah. either one of those teams could have won the national title. But Ohio State has not felt the same since then. Yeah, yeah. And I think they – I think you you speak on that defense. I think they have young guys on this defense mm-hmm. who a lot of people are going to learn about today. Who, I mean, on Saturday, yeah. Who I mean, could be who that. could be that? Well, like JT, JT is just he's just he's a stud. I mean, he, you you you're missing you, you. Everybody thinks Chase Young, JT is that type of guy. Yeah. Um, well, you I, kind of wonder who the next great one was going right. to be because I, I always joke that there's some factory where they press out six foot six, two hundred sixty <laughs> yeah. pound yeah. defensive ends. Yeah. JT is actually not as much in that mold right. of Chase Young or a Bosa brother. Like Zach Harrison looks, looks like, like that, that. Yeah. But he doesn't necessarily play as much right. like that. Yeah. JT is more of an athletic type. I mean, he almost, I mean, that Penn State game was just shocking. Oh, I mean, it, it was, was just unbelievable. All over the field. Yeah. So that's the type of guy he can be. Jack Sawyer is a guy who, when yep. he gets going, he could be that type of guy. And then we haven't even touched, but Mike Hall yep. inside is the type of guy who can take over a game. So they have guys, they're young. Mm-hmm. I think this is their chance to kind of make it. Well, an and I think about like a Lathan Ransom. You go back yeah. to the Maryland game where he was doing everything. Yeah. You know, if he has a game like that, because Stetson Bennett, as, as Seth mentioned earlier on the show, he can be a gunslinger at yeah. times. He can throw the ball into trouble. And if Ohio State can make him pay for that, yeah. it's a very different game. Yeah, yeah. They have to – I think the key for Jim Knowles, and I think I'm, I'm going to write about this week, is just they talk a lot about aggression. But it has mm-hmm. to be controlled aggression. Yeah. You can't just go after Stetson all the time because he picks it up. He's going to pick you apart. You have to kind of confuse him. And that's what Jim Knowles is good at. That's mm-hmm. what he's been good at all year is confusing quarterbacks with different coverages. And I think they can have some success with that. And I think getting back to what we are talking about at the beginning – how do they hold up in the third quarter yeah. when Georgia's just trying trying to have the the nine or the sixteen play yeah. eighty yard drive, which they may not try that. I mean, that's the the one of the things about Georgia's offense that I think people get a little twisted is yes, they do have a tight end who leads them in receiving, but they also have some athletes on the outside who can take the top off a yeah. defense, and that's that's a scary thing for Ohio State when you look at what Cornelius Johnson did in in the Michigan game. Yeah, and I mean, and then you look at the Maryland game. The Maryland mm-hmm. picked them apart over the top. So no, that that is case. If they pay too much attention to those tight ends, they could get beat on the outside by Georgia's receivers. Hard not to pay attention to those tight ends. Oh my massive. goodness, God, good lord. God. Yeah, Darnell Washington. Looks like he was created in a lab. Uh, he he looks the biggest person on the field, even just on film. Oh I mean, yeah, it's just, it's unbelievable. Now Brock Bowers doesn't look like that, but then they then you see him get the ball in an end around, and you're like, wait a second, yeah. he's faster than all the <laughs> yeah. DBs. How yeah. is that possible? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and and he, I think he's really smart too. He yeah. he knows angles really well. He knows how to get around everybody. So I, that's the hardest thing. You you try to stop those two, and then you have a run game with Georgia, and then you have Stetson Bennett yeah. passing downs. They're just they're really tough to stop. I love talking about this though because it, you think about the level of athlete that we're going to see. This is what you want yeah. in the playoff. This yeah. is this is when the playoff was created. It was to get games like this yeah. and put teams together like this that. You know, maybe Ohio State didn't, you know, in the BCS, they would not have been playing for for the national title, would not have a chance. Right. Yeah. They have a blemish. But I wanted to see the 2015 Ohio State team get to play the 2015 Alabama team. Yeah. It never happened. Yeah. We're getting to see this group of athletes play Georgia's group of athletes. Yeah. And I think that's very exciting. Yeah. And it's just, it's the craziest thing, like you said, this was what we thought would be the national championship game. Yeah. And you thought you might not get it at all. And now you're getting a chance to see it. And I, I think this is the most exciting of the two games to me. I think it's oh, yeah. going to be um, a, a heck of a game to watch. This is the most excited I've been for a CFP game in quite some time. Yeah. It, maybe since that, that Clemson Ohio State Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. I yeah. think that was the last one I felt like, oh man, this could be great. <laughs> Alabama, Georgia last year in the national title game. It was one of those where you thought Georgia was going to come back and, and round back into form, especially after seeing against Michigan. This one, I'm assuming Georgia can win it. Yeah, or will win it. But there's no reason Ohio State can't win this game. To me, I just don't know what Ohio State team shows up. That's that's the biggest that's question. The big question. It's and just if they're on their game, I think this could be a really fun game to watch. Well, and and Ryan Day, you, you got you better hope that the one that shows up plays a lot like the Georgia team that shows up because if this is a blowout, oh, it's gonna be bad. you are going to have a long, long offseason. Yeah, so long time. We can't wait. We'll talk to you again soon. I will give you my pick for this game with Ari and Nicole on Friday's show, and then it's on. Ari and I are back after the games. Ari's at the Fiesta Bowl. I'm at the Peach Bowl. We'll break it all down. Thanks so much for listening.